All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. This week, Brad and I are going to take the week off. We don't have a whole lot to really discuss, but we'll be back next week with some draft prep. But I wanted to throw you guys a best of episode. So uh, these next two segments you're going to hear is my atrocious take about why Tom Brady would never go to the Tampa Bay Bucks, which is kind of a fun little listen. And then uh, also Brad's really bad take that Antonio Brown wouldn't be joining the Bucks and or ever coming back into the league. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy these two poor takes. It's a fun little listen, and uh, I'll see you guys back here in a few minutes. How Tom Brady would feel about just going to the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that's not a shot at the Bucks fans or anybody else listening to this. I just don't think that's a spot for him. I don't think Giselle would want to be there either. I mean, I just don't see Giselle wanting to model in Tampa Bay. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel right to me. Um, their coach is old, but so is Brady. I, Personally, I think this is a no, just basically off the simple fact of they're not they're not a I don't feel like they're a Tom Brady esque franchise. That's not a shot. Okay. Well, we've talked a little bit about the Pats. Let's talk about uh, whether or not you think Tom Brady's gonna have a what's what are your Tom Brady expectations in Tampa Bay? It's so hard to have expectations because so much of this is unknown. There's really no like nothing to refer to here. I mean, we got a 42 year old quarterback who's played 20 years at the same team going across conference playing down in Florida where typically he's been bad in Florida playing against the dolphins. That's been the one sore yeah. spot of his career. Really? Funny you so, bring I mean, that up. That's so true. And no, I haven't heard that. You're the first person I've heard bring that up actually. It's, it's kind of shocking to me, but at the same time, when you talk about what do I expect? I mean, dear Lord, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, Ronald Jones II, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I mean, just throw it up. I mean, he's got all sorts of stuff. I know everyone talks about the Buccaneers passing game, but Ronald Jones Jr. averaged 4.2 yards a carry last year. They just didn't get a chance to run the ball much. Yeah. I mean, when Javis turns it over 30 times, you know, it's, it's tough to get uh, things going. And that's the one thing, no matter what, Tom Brady could turn 50 years old and everything could diminish. The one thing you know for certain is Tom Brady's not going to turn the ball over. Yeah, everyone talks about Jameis's 30 interceptions. He also had five fumbles. Whew. He had 35 by himself. That, that, that's, on, that's unprecedented. That's on, it's just unheard of. It's more than yeah, the, really I think the, the Buccaneers on the season were a negative 13 in the turnover ratio, which I think kind of speaks to their defense. If their quarterbacks turn it over 35 times, I feel like 13 is really not terrible. Yeah. So they obviously, they bring back Ndamukong Sue. That's official today. Yeah. What do you think about uh, your former, your former friend, Antonio Brown? Yeah. Likelihood that he is a Buccaneer this year. Um, I don't ever like to say zero. I'll say point zero one. So you're throwing it out. Yeah. Um, one, the odds of him being reinstated are low. And then once he's in, I don't think Bruce Arians wants anything to do with Antonio Brown. And I think that's just like a fabricated story. I know Tom Brady likes Antonio Brown and would like the weapon. But when he sees that wide receiver room, when the NFL season comes around, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you can quickly forget about Antonio Brown when you have 6'5 yeah. Mike Evans on your team. 
Yeah, I believe if Antonio Brown comes back, um, scary version, he stays away from Tom Brady, which I believe could be his friend. He stays in the AFC, and uh, he gets back at the three teams he played for, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Patriots, and scary version signs with the Ravens and plays with his cousin. Wow. You know, I haven't heard anybody bring that up, but if if there's a team out there that could contain his personality – John Harbaugh all day long. Yeah, and you got you got Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Antonio Brown, and he gets to play the Steelers, Raiders, and Patriots if it all lines up in the postseason. Yeah, that's wild. That truly is wild. Um, I don't know about you. I know that you were an Antonio Brown fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. I personally have always tried to give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't care what anybody says. He never used to be a diva. He never used to be a head case. He's always been a diva. He's never he never used to be a head case. This is still relatively new, if we're being honest with ourselves. This is yeah, probably yeah. this is only about a year old of head caseness. Mm-hmm. So I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but to be honest, I'm not rooting for him at this point in his career. I right. kind of done. He seems like a distraction for the league, but at the same token, anybody he lines up for on Sunday, he's a threat. Oh, absolutely. Demands a triple team. Yeah, 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 still. Uh, let's move on from there. So, yeah, those were pretty funny. Obviously, Brad and I aren't always perfect. We don't always hit everything on the head. But uh, sometimes we do. And this next one you're going to listen to here is an extremely funny clip. I think you guys will will find it kind of humorous. Uh, If you can, get your phones out. Google the 2020 Houston Texans schedule. And listen for the next several minutes on how we absolutely 100% obliterated this take. Spot on. It's the best take we've ever had in in the history of this pod. Brad and I completely nail it. Um, some of our better work. Original champs. I'm not going to go over their last five because honestly, it doesn't matter. They were a playoff team. They had a wild card win against the Bills, but unfortunately, they blew a 21-0 first quarter lead in a loss against the reigning Super Bowl champs, Kansas City. Uh, they they lose DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. They add Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. So I'm actually a little higher on their receiving game than a lot of people are. They don't have any first-round picks until, like, my <laughs> kids or grandparents. But, uh, yeah, what do you uh? Let's talk about um, the first five. Actually, I was hoping you'd let me take it away here. I have their first eight weeks. Now, wow, dude, you know what? We we literally think <laughs> so much alike. I also have their so first eight weeks. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through this, and then I'm gonna ask you to take it take it back. All right, for the listeners, you can agree with me or not. I'm about to shit on the Texans. Week one, they are at the Chiefs. <laughs> they're going to lose. Week two, week two, they're Lost. home against the Ravens. They're going to lose. Week three, they're at the Steelers. Lost. They're going to lose. Week four, they're home against Lost. the Vikings. They're going to lose. The season over, they Lost. beat the Jags to go one and four. They're at the Titans. They're going to lose. They are home against the Lost. Panthers. They are, or, I'm sorry, the Packers. They're going to lose. Packers. It'll be one and six going Lost. into their bye week, week eight. The coach is getting fired. 
and the whole team's getting shred apart. J.J. Watt's going to the Steelers. Let's go. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <clears throat> we are we are literally so alike that we they're they're done the exact same thing now. They're they're firing their coach. See, you said going into their bye, they're gonna fire their coach. I think they might fire him after the Jags win. I think they'll literally let him win. And be like, you can only. Yeah, I think Jags. that We're depends firing. on how they beat the Jags. Oh, we scored a touchdown with a minute sixteen left to win by four. Yeah, fire him if that's what it took to beat the Jags. They they're gonna have to blow them out. Or, you know, another scenario. Let's say they beat the Jags. And it's like, okay, well, we find, well, we're we're one and zero in the division. We still have a chance at the division title. The next week, you lose to the Titans. Fired. I don't know. I I agree with you. I don't think they're coaching. It, it, the it's bye hard week. to ever forecast injuries, but we know the Texans' offensive line is shaky. The Chiefs have a decent defensive line. But in a three-week stretch, they play the Ravens front, Steelers front, Vikings front. Like, there's a good chance Deshaun Watson is really beat up through those three weeks. Like, I I don't know. I just – he's going to be banged up going into the – jet. I just – like I said, my projection is one and six. And the – What if – what if – I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go Homer all Homer on us right now. What if they lose to the Jags? And they trade the Deshaun to the No, don't say it. No they trade Deshaun no. Watson to the Patriots. Um I mean obviously it's something <laughs> that could happen. I mean everything's on the table. I know there's been whispers about Deshaun Watson going I mean leaving period. Patriots need a quarterback. Um that would literally be crazy. Um, I I don't ever want to say, like, called it or saw it coming. But, like, I guess it wouldn't be the craziest thing that the Patriots have ever done. I mean, you know what I mean? It just wouldn't be, like, it wouldn't be that insane, I suppose. I just – I feel so bad for the Texans because Deshaun Watson is good enough to win these games. But he's not good enough to overcome a terrible yeah, like, organization. I kind of have this little side note, and I don't know if it proves a point or just something to think about. But DeAndre Hopkins, when the team was tied or had the lead, had 54 catches. When the team was behind, he had 50. So he had just as many catches when they were losing as when they were tied or ahead. It's like when they get behind, who does he go to now? When it's third and seven, who does he throw the ball to now? Like, there's no one to double on, on the Texans' yeah. offense anymore. And I get maybe they're trying to mimic the Chiefs and go with speed with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller and Randall Cobb. But Randall Cobb's getting up there in age. When's the last time Brandon Cooks played a full season? When's the last time Will Fuller's played a full season? When's the, I mean, David Johnson, he just had one crazy year with the with the Cardinals, and he's kind of just been an average guy. Like, I I just don't understand what they're doing. I can you name another defensive player besides J.J. Watt? I guess I just thought of Justin Reed, the safety, but, like, who are the Texans going to stop? Like, Yeah. It, they're, they're, they're in for a very long season. And it's crazy because, like, 
we just got done talking about how the Patriots have the most difficult schedule in the league. This is the most dangerous seven-game stretch I've ever seen in football. This just looks rough. You're looking at – I mean, outside of the Jags, those are all playoff teams. I mean, now with the seven with the seven seeds, I know the Steelers didn't make it last year, but we had deck furniture at quarterback and went eight and eight. You're starting the year off with teams that can bind for 25 wins last year? It's got to be more than that. It's Chiefs, that Ravens, right? Steelers. That's what, eight – 13 and like 11 or something like that. It's got to be a 30. I the first the first 4 weeks there might be almost 50 wins combined. Did the what did the Vikings finish with? Did they finish with 10 wins? Yeah, the Steelers had 8 with no quarterback and the other 3 teams were in double digit wins. So you're looking at at least 40. It in your first 6 wins, your first 6 weeks you're going up against the reigning Super Bowl champs, the number one seed in the AFC, and the runner-up in the AFC in your first yeah. six weeks. It just—it's just brutal. It's honestly brutal. I, the the Texans are going to need a lot of help. And as much as I like them and hate to say it, JJ Watt. When's the last time he finished a whole season? He's the only playmaker on their defense. Yeah, they're beat up, man. They're really beat up. I don't even know They're if really I know a Texans up. fan. I know a lot of people I know like Sean Watson, but poor Texans. Yeah. I don't even feel bad for him because of Bill O'Brien. I, I mean, you talk to everyone, they just feel bad for Deshaun Watson. How you about it? Yeah. You basically traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and Brandon Cooks. Yeah. I actually – I'm actually happy he did that because I'm very excited for Hopkins. I'm excited for Larry Fitzgerald. Everybody else taking the sweat. Let Larry fucking get some. Let's go. I'm watching the Cardinals games this year. I'm pumped because I like Kyler Murray too. And oh, I do too. They get Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Dude, let's go. They're going to be fun to watch. We'll get to the NFC. NFC West. Yeah. All right, so you guys have heard a pretty bad Buccaneers take from myself, one from Brad, and obviously you heard us kill the Houston Texans. Um, Take a listen for these next couple of minutes. Uh, Our first power rankings of the 2020 season, you can kind of hear our overreactions from week one, and you can kind of hear where we were on on pace to predict what eventually ended up going down for the season. Uh, It's a fun listen. Thanks again for participating in the best of episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you back next week. And we are back for another episode of Real Talk. This is Jeff. Brad's joining us. Jet, Brad, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm I'm always good. You know, one and zero feels great. One and zero does feel great for me as well. Uh, as promised, after talking about the uh, this on our podcast last night, we're going to do a weekly short little power rankings episode, and that's what this is here. And without further ado, unless you got something going, let's go ahead and get to it. So I'm going to start here, and we're just going to make our way from 10 to 1. At 10, um, in a loss, I'm giving the 49ers the 10 spot. Uh, yeah, they're currently sitting at 0-1, but I think, first off, they played the 
Arizona Cardinals, and I don't think a lot of people knew what they were going to get themselves into with DeAndre Hopkins. They lost by four points. I think they're still one of the top ten best teams. Uh, coming in at number nine, the New England Patriots. Uh, impressive first outing with Cam Newton. Uh, I think you can say a lot about this team, too, that nobody really knows what they're getting offensively, but the defense showed up and was fantastic. Um, they won their game by 10 points. And I think it's actually um, something that could definitely be interchanged with the number eight team. Uh, with number eight, I'm going the Buffalo Bills, uh, also sitting at 1-0, and also won their game by 10 points. I think very easily this could this could swap with New England, and we will see here in just a few short weeks when these two uh, face off. But I think these two are very equal, very good defenses, limited offensive teams. Coming in at number seven, I think this is the best 0-1 team in the league. And time will tell if I'm correct, but I'm going to put Tampa Bay here. I think that if they would have played a few other teams, I think we'd each have them in our top five this week. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, they lost their first game by 11 points. A lot of good things, a lot of bad things, but I think Tampa Bay only goes up. Uh, but they're definitely a top 10 team. Coming in at number six, a team that I was very impressed with, and I was pretty sure as long as things were good offensively, this team was going to be back to their normal ways, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in uh, with the first week one victory and winning by 10 points as well. Number five is probably interchangeable with Pittsburgh, but uh, I like them just a little bit more based off of what I've seen of how good they were offensively coming out of the gate is Green Bay. I got the Green Bay Packers at five. They also won their first game and, and they won it fairly comfortably over a division rival, which I, I, I think sits pretty high with me. Now the top four, and I, you know, I, I went back and forth with these next two, but I'm okay with, with saying what I say here. And number four, I'm going to the Seattle Seahawks. They pick up a week one victory by 13 points over Atlanta. And I like a lot of things about this team, but the thing that I put them at four is strength of opponent. Number three, the New Orleans Saints. The reason I have them above the Seahawks is just strength of opponent, who they beat. Um, Beating Tampa Bay, I think, I think is a, a better win than people see right now. They win that game by 11, and I mean they had some offensive flaws, but who knows? They did lose their best best offensive player with Mike Thomas. Is that going to be an issue? I guess we'll see. Coming in at number two, I think these ones are probably interchangeable, but I like number one just a little bit more. The Kansas City Chiefs at number two, they win their first first game of the of the year um, on opening night, defending their Super Bowl trophy. They win the game by 14. I think this team will dominate lots of teams this year and easily be in the playoff discussion. And then coming in at number one, the Baltimore Ravens. They win their first week against a division rival in convincing fashion by 32 points. For me, without a doubt, the number one team in the league. And until they play the Kansas City Chiefs, I, I think they are the number one team. So I guess we'll see here in a couple weeks. Go ahead and uh, give me your initial opinions based off of my top 10. Well, I'm curious, um, who are the couple teams that, you know, were floating around your top 10 didn't quite make it after week one? Who'd you have there? A couple outside guys looking in. Yeah, my my I have two that are basically dead nut tied at 11. And that is the Arizona Cardinals and the LA Rams. And the reason I have them dead nut tied is because I, I think they both beat very good teams. I think the Cowboys are better than they showed, and I think the Niners are better than they showed, okay? And I think those teams will contend for playoff spots moving forward. You'll probably see that in my top 10 a few times 
over the next several weeks. But right now, right now, if I had to pick, if I had to pick the Niners versus the Cardinals or the Niners versus the Rams, I would pick the Niners again this week. If they played the Cardinals again this week, I would pick the Niners to win. And if they played the Rams this week, I would pick the Niners. That's why I'm putting them in the top 10. As, as why I have Tampa Bay a little higher than, than what they probably should be. Because if Tampa Bay were to play the Cardinals today, I would pick Tampa Bay. Okay, so I guess um, the biggest difference I'm kind of seeing is I think a lot of your top 10 is based off what you think they can be moving forward. I think a lot of my top 10 is based off what I saw week one. I'm going off of what I seen. So I think that's where we're going to differ a little bit. The only critique I can have right away is I didn't hear any talk about the Titans. And I know it's they're kind of a deceiving team, but the Titans have done everything you would want of a team, and that's continued to win. I think they were really good last year. So I guess I'll go ahead and kick it off with my top 10. One of your outside teams at number 10, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray poses a threat that not a lot of teams have with his speed at quarterback. I believe he's the the best runner outside of Mahomes or of outside of uh, Lamar Jackson in the league right now. He's got all sorts of weapons. This offense put up 24 points on what last year was a top five defense in the 49ers. And their defense was able to step up against the 49ers as well. I think both sides of the ball have improved for this team. And I have them at number 10. Moving forward, we're going to stay right inside the NFC West. I think a slight edge, I give it to the Rams at number nine. The Rams were a dominant team that made the Super Bowl two years ago. And last year, they had to take a look in the mirror, and they had a lot of problems. There was a lot of pointing fingers, a lot of who does this, that. I know a lot of people say that's Todd Gurley. They got him out of the locker room. They beat a good Cowboys team this week. They controlled time of possession. They have two of the best, most dominant defensive players in the NFL, including the best defensive player in Aaron Donald. I like the Rams at nine. And number eight, it is that deceiving team, the Titans. I got to show love to the Titans because as much as I personally don't think it's sustainable, Derrick Henry is something that you can't game plan for week to week. He's a different monster. They're undefeated when he goes for 100 yards, and he's done it often. Mike Vrabel has this team clicking on all cylinders, and no matter how ugly, they get wins. They made it to the AFC Championship game, and with Ryan Tannehill, they've won a lot of games, and uh, you got to have the Titans in there. At seven, I think it's the Bills. Um, The Bills, everybody knew was a playoff team and a good team. They got better on offense with adding Stephon Diggs. They add a second corner in Josh Norman who can play really well. Micah Hyde on the back end. Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of that defense. The Bills are a really good team. And when you play a really bad team, you're supposed to make them look really bad if you're good. And the Bills did just that. They beat down on a Jets team. At number six, I believe this is the closest. And you had it on your list as well. I'm just going to say them both at the same time. I have six Packers, five Steelers. I flip-flopped that. Obviously, that's a little home bias from me being a Steelers fan, sure. Um, I guess it depends on if you value defense over offense. But I believe that the the, uh, Steelers' offense is better than the Packers' defense. And I believe it's an even tie, Packers' offense to Steelers' defense. Um, Both really good teams. And I think it would be hard to argue that they're not the third best teams in the AFC and NFC, respectively, after one week. 
the biggest question mark for both of these teams is their quarterback's health. They're a quarterback injury away from being a non-playoff team, but they're dominant with their current starting quarterbacks. Number four, I have the New Orleans Saints. Um, I like the Saints every year. They're an NFC powerhouse. Um, I don't think four is disrespectful. They can obviously move up or down. I like what I saw to Elvin Kamara. Michael Thomas going down, I think, is why I have them at four. Their wide receiver core is not extremely scary, and we'll see if Drew Brees can carry them. But I think a big talking point is the Saints defense. I think the Saints defense is going to be really good this year, and I think they showed that on Sunday. Number three, I have the Seattle Seahawks. I have them as the number one team in the NFC. Um, Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, their defense can play with anybody. Um, I think they pose a huge problem for the Patriots this weekend if the Patriots are going to continue to try and run because they have two answers for Cam Newton and Jamal and Bobby. I think they're a good matchup team for them. We'll see going forward. But the Seahawks absolutely dominated the Falcons. Russell Wilson, I believe, is the best quarterback in the NFL. Their offense is clicking at a very high clip right now. They put up, what, 40 on the Falcons. So they're my number three team. Number two and one, I believe most people would agree. Same as yours, two Chiefs. Um, Their offense is the most scary offense in the NFL. They score at will all the time. And they have enough playmakers in Frank Clark, uh, Chris Jones, and Tyron Matthew that they get the job done defensively. They force turnovers. And they play with extreme confidence knowing that their their offense is going to score every time they have the ball, if not 90% of the time, it seems like. Number one, most dominant team in the NFL, the Ravens. They have a loaded roster, offense, defense. They can play bad on offense and beat you with their defense and special teams. They can have bad special teams and beat you with their offense and defense. They, they can have a bad defensive game and outscore you. There's there's multiple way, ways the Ravens can win, and uh, I don't think there can be any arguments right now with the Ravens being the number one team on anyone's list, and no one expected the Browns to be terrible. Maybe bad, but not terrible, and they beat them by 32. It was, uh, it was just an absolute slaughter. So that's my top 10. Some of the teams on the outside, um, I am selling all stock on the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't look very good. It doesn't seem like he gets along with his head coach. The wide receivers are a train wreck. George Kittle's banged up already after week one. Richard Sherman's on IR, and they struggle against mobile quarterbacks with two of them being in their own division. I I like the 49ers last year. I don't like them this year. And um, credit to some people out there who, who were calling this before the year. I know it's only week one, and they're probably going to beat the Jets week two, so they'll bounce back. But I believe there's a lot of questions to be asked to the 49ers. And I had their other three divisional foes in my top 10. So I think that doesn't bode well for them. And the Buccaneers are another big one that were right outside my top 10. But I know it looks sweet on paper and it's really fun to watch and it's exciting with all the names. But I want to see them put something together before I put them in my top 10. And I know they played the Saints and that's tough. They played a terrible or a really good opponent, which is a terrible matchup for them. But I want to see them dominate before I call them a dominant team, which I'm, I'm sure they will against the Panthers maybe week two. They have such a good showing that they do get in the top ten. And um, the third team was the Patriots. Um, really low on the Patriots. Then they got Cam Newton. It is what can you do for me uh, with, with Cam Newton? He ran the ball extremely well, and Bill Belichick's always going to have a good defense. They got a really good secondary 
but I just want to see them beat a few more teams. It was the Dolphins, so they're still in the top half of the league. They, they're still a playoff team. They're in my top seven for the AFC. But I just want to see a little bit more before they make the top ten, but that's the list. In a week two matchup, not saying they're going to play, but if they were to play today, who would you take, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Tennessee Titans? The Titans. Okay. And and it's not based off talent. Again, the Titans are such a deceptive team. But the last time they played Brady specifically, they played well. And they they just seem to win games. I, I really can't explain it. They're the most No, no, I, I'm not arguing they're a good right. team. I was I was tough to leave them out because they've what they've done over the last ten games, including their loss to, to Kansas City, which they looked solid in that game. They've done a lot good. They've done a lot of good things. And it was hard to leave them out. I just we'll see next week if they do it again. Right. Yeah, that's where I'm at I, with them. They're the only team. I just I look at them and I don't even I, I just how are they doing what they're doing? But yeah. I guess at the end it's just kind of like W's talk, and they're they're they've won every game except for the AFC Championship game. And when they went in the playoffs, they knocked out the Patriots and the Ravens and lost a close one to the Chiefs. So it's like. I just have to give them credit based off, you know, last five or even last 10 games. They've just been a dominant team. couple more. Uh, if the New England Patriots and the L.A. Rams played this week, who would you take? I like the Rams. Okay. And I say that because I, I don't like any team that's run first against the Rams just because of Aaron Donald. I think he's that good. And Sean McVay, I, I just like how he runs his offense. And we can put – these matchups together and things like that but I believe in the the I I I know I have only one of no teams on my uh top 10 yeah I guess I I don't think I have any team that lost a game week one on my top 10 and that's fair I I really did these power rankings based off of where I'm at on these teams going into this week you know and personally and guess here's my argument. I know a lot of people are like, how do you have the Niners over the Cardinals? You could ask yourselves right now, and if you think otherwise, you're lying to yourselves, but who was the better football team the day after the Super Bowl, the 2007 Patriots or the 2007 Giants? And if you think it's the 2007 Giants, you're lying. Not every week does the best team win. Okay, Sometimes there's a bad matchup. Sometimes there are factors in a game, whether it be injuries and whatever or not. Obviously, the Niners have a couple of those. Um, moving forward, I, I like the Niners to to continue to win, and I think they're going to win that division. But I completely understand the hype for the Cardinals and the Rams. And to be honest, I, I got the Seahawks at four, but I would not be shocked if here in a couple weeks I had the Niners over them. So, yeah. But 